Next Chapter Podcasts. What's up, party people? Before we do whatever we're doing, I want to tell you guys about the new show from Next Chapter Podcast and BasketballNews.com called The Rex Chapman Show. Longtime listeners of the 500 know that the only thing I love as much as music is sports. But unfortunately, not all my guests know who Fran Tarkenton is or why the Bullets are the best team ever. Luckily, Next Chapter has a true legend on their roster, Rex Chapman, former NBA All-Star. He kills it on Twitter, too. He is the king of Twitter. I liked him when he played for the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Bullets. He was my homeboy, my homie. So along with his co-host, actor Josh Hopkins from Cougar Town, True Detective at CSI Miami, Rex interviews his friends like Steph Curry, Shaq, and this week's guest, Michael Wilbon from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption. I love that show. Listen to the Rex Chapman Show wherever you get your podcasts or visit basketballnews.com to watch videos of the show. Now, back to the 500. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to you. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend, the king of these four, Angelo, talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. My man J.M. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end Everything is everything. You're right, Lauren Hill. God, I love this. It's uh, came out in 1988. It's called The Miseducational Lauren Hill. It's number 314 out of 500 on the 500. Yo, yo, how is everybody? Uh, I've been on the road for three weeks. My vocal cords are getting back to a place where I feel good. Uh, big ups to Katie Riggs, my vocal coach. Her, her father, like, is one of the greatest vocal coaches of all time and katie is uh nothing short of that she is incredible and the fact that i'm able to talk uh give her love at katie riggs music uh follow her she's great at dj morty coil always give morty a shout out we uh we love him we don't get it we see him we're seeing him more often right now which is great june 12th june 13th i will be in los angeles i have taken over the comedy store goddamn comedy jam on the 12th it's a sunday shimmy shimmy on a monday if you're in la or the surrounding california areas come to that june 24th and june 25th i will be in washington dc at the dc improv and then june 27th uh very important show for me goddamn comedy jam at the 930 club it's for the 30th anniversary of the dc improv the band's coming adam ray's coming jessica Curson. it is going to rule uh get tickets at joshadammyers.com also you uh, can see me in montreal canadian people i'm doing the nasty show for like 10 days at just for laughs i'm doing a 500 i'm doing um a jam there's always doing a lot of jams. And by the time this comes out, it'll be announced that I'm doing uh, Cancuni again in November. 
bunch of jams, bunch of shows, man. I'm, I'm always doing something. Subscribe to the Patreon so I'll ask your questions. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast, $5 or more. You can ask each guest a question. Send us your questions. I need more of them, guys. Come on, look at the list and fucking, we need more. All right. Miseducational, Lauren. I can remember the summer this came out, being in Europe. It was, it made me such a fan of soul. I already was a fan of hip hop. I was a fan of rock, but soul. Lauren brought that to my life. And I mean this. One of the best records of my lifetime, in my opinion. Just in my opinion. I, I love this record. It was really nice to dig into it again. Because I've I spent a lot of time with this record, man. A lot. And so did the guest. The guest today is Tony Baker. He came back. Uh, he, I'm basically putting him on for all of his favorite records because I love him so much. I think he's one of the funniest comics out there. Uh, it was just on HBO on uh, Marlon Wayne's produced thing where he's kind of like introducing some of these great comics like him and DC Irvin. Um, he has one of the best Instagrams. If you haven't seen it, just type in Tony Baker Quandrell, Q-U-A-N-D-R-E-L-L. It's so funny. And uh, you can also get his new comedy special, Scaredy Cat, TonyBakerComedy.com. Great review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Go to JoshAdamMyers.com for all tickets and all things me. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we got a Facebook group. It's run by a crazy dude named Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Well, one of my favorite records of all time coming in at 314, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill. Let's dive into this. I because I've been thinking about this and I and I once again I apologize about yesterday for all the fans. If the episode's shorter than it's supposed to be, it's because we had to move it a day because the neighbors of mine partying to celebrate the the college graduation or whatever and dude they were pumping lame music and that would have bled into this <laughs> they would have put on some fujis yeah yeah <laughs> and that's where i want to start i want to mm-hmm. start there because just so everybody knows tony did nasillmatic it's one of his favorite records but you also said it could be this this is like one of the two yeah. so so, because if I feel like you're just like me when it comes to this. So, did you love the Fujis? Like, how did the Fujis affect you when when you first heard them back in like '94, '95? I think that's when they started. I, I first heard of Fujis. It was a song called Vocab. I remember that. And it was from their debut album that nobody remembers. Um, and as a matter of fact, the Vocab song that I heard initially. It was a video, but it was a remix. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when I went out and bought the album, I was pissed because that wasn't the version that I saw on BET. I was livid. And I didn't like it. I didn't like the album. Um, I didn't like it at all, as a matter of fact. And so I was just pissed. And I was just like, man, damn, man, I got played. Because I love I love that vocab remix. So that was my introduction yep. to the Fugees. And I was just like, yo, they dope as hell. Um, but, but again, that, that first album just didn't do it for me. There was nothing on it. It was flat. It was a flat record. And and I, dude, I went through the same thing. I bought the thing expecting who got the vocab. I was like, what is this shit? I think it was like, so (laughs) I was pissed. I was just like, why would they do that? And then they didn't even have a remix on the album. So it, it, there was nothing I could do with that at that time. Yeah. So I just had yeah. to live in the piss. <laughs> but that was my intro to her, you know what I mean? And I didn't even put two and two together that Lauren Hill was in uh, 
Sister Act Two. You know, I didn't even. Yeah, I remember I, that. I didn't yeah, even it, put two and two together. It was I re, like I, I'm trying to remember if I saw Sister Act Two before I saw the Fugees. Yeah. Like I, I don't. Adam, look that up when both of those came out. When this when Sister Act Two came out. But Sister Act Two came out in '94. '94. So that's when yeah. the Fugees started. So roughly around the same time. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because I remember that movie came out in '94. It didn't do as well as the original, but uh. Oh, I, Honestly, I like the second one better, but what? it didn't do as well as the first one at the box office. Um, probably because they stream, they they lean more black in Sister Act Two, so I think the crossover audience didn't really, you know, come yeah, to the come to. They didn't want to see the black kids in the classroom. But also, I don't know if you remember that was when Whoopi was dating Ted Danson. So there's like shit going on. Whoopi's on yeah. Howard Stern. Almost making you know making fun yeah. of being black and stuff. It could have been a mixture of stuff. It should. It could have been that too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that whole Ted mm-hmm. Danson fiasco. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then, would you say you loved her and Eddie Adam? Yeah. All right, dude. We're not talking about Eddie. We don't have an hour, bro. Oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't throw us off. <laughs> but 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 then then Fuji La yes. came out. Because yeah. I think that was everybody's first real introduction. Because you could say vocab. I, I remember yeah. vocab just like you. Right. When Fujila came out, mm-hmm. they're running. They're they're like I don't know what they're. It was like a movie, like the video, yeah. like, like freeze frame seventy style. So like, yeah. so what were your thoughts on on Fuji's in that in that record? So so when I first see the Fujila video, I'm just like. Yo, they done did it again. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm just like, oh, you mo- can I cuss on here? Please. I was like, oh, you motherfuckers, man. This 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 better not be a remix that I can't get a hold of because <laughs> Fuji La was love at first listen. It was just like, yo, this is dope. The video was dope as a play on like the Heart of They Come movies and like those black exploitation movies yeah. from the 70s. So I was just like, oh, this is perfect right here, man. I'm loving, I'm loving the visuals, I'm loving the audio. Lauren Hill's legs in the video was just mm-hmm. popping, and I was just like, "Yo, this this is this is everything." So I hope I hope you know <laughs> they don't play me this time. They did not, and there were. I think there's remixes at the end of the album, but they they at least include because they probably got a bunch of pushback. No, well, what had happened was after the score came out, they came out with the the little EP bootlegs and remixes. So it was, okay. it was a it was a little EP dedicated to the bootlegs and remixes, and that's when I was finally able to get vocab remix on uh, on a CD proper. Yes. So yeah, I, I had to that. wait for the I had to wait for the score to be a smash hit before I can get that vocab remix in my collection. I mean, if that's Wyclef, he's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if that's he seems like the guy that's money hungry in the group. He's definitely not Praz. <laughs> no. what the, the Lauren Hill is pure artistry, and then Prize is just you know we're trying to figure it out. But Wycliffe is the visionary in terms of the business of the music game. I don't know if you uh, you obviously you don't agree with what I'm about to say, but mm-hmm. I remember the Fugees came out, and and I liked I liked Fuji a lot, but I think I got so overwhelmed by how much. Uh, MTV was just playing that video over mm-hmm. and over. It was like it was like you couldn't get away from the Fugees the year that that album came out, especially yeah. after they released "Killing Me Softly," uh, which which you know 
I, I realize it now how great that song is, how powerful that song is. But I think right. I had, I think I needed this record we're going to talk about to come out before I fell in love even more with okay. Fuji. Uh-huh. Because what was that like? Because you said something about like you saw Lauren Hill's legs. It was was Lauren Hill like a sex symbol? Like, because I mean, she was hot. I always looked at her as just being this very cute, small woman. Right. But I mean, to the black community. Well, 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 what it was, was like, you know, when we first saw Lauren, it was just like, okay, you know, she's cute. She's pretty. But then it was like, you know, you see her in a different light and the Fuji's with it. Cause you know, they're older. And so it was just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And then her face on the Fuji's, the score album was just perfect. It was just like, you know, uh, just black beauty in its purest form. And we were just like, man, this, this is what we're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, and when the score came out, I bought it opening day. I remember it came out, Fuji's came out, the score came out the same day as Tupac's All Eyes On Me, same day. Wow. So I had to make a decision. It was like, yo, do I buy Tupac or do I buy the score? Knowing, you know, how the Fuji's disappointed me with that initial release, I still went with the score because, you know, I was kind of salty at Pac because, you know, I kind of chose sides in the beef. And so, um, you know, salty. I, I was all, you know, I was salty. <laughs> I chose sides, but, uh, but I got the score opening day. And when I tell you, you know, immediately I was just like, now this is not a disappointment. It was, it was, that's one of those albums. You can just let it play. You can just yeah. let it play. And I'm glad it continued to sell it was just like nobody saw this album coming and it was just like ultimately you know it outsold Tupac which was crazy because you know Tupac had all this buzz and you know he's already four four albums deep and the beef was going so it was just free press on that tip and it was just like but ultimately you know mind you you know all eyes on me has the diamond certification but they double that so it's like, you know, if you get a diamond, if you a double album that goes diamond, technically you only sold 5 million actual copies Yeah, uh, to get the diamond. So they double that. But Fuji's was just a worldwide phenomenon with the score. And it was just like, that was one of those albums that deserved every copy sold. And yeah. Just, oh, I completely yeah. agree. There's look, there's a couple tracks on it that don't hold up as much, but the ones yeah. that do, it is, right. it, I mean, it's, it really it really showcased, you know, how good hip hop could be. That wasn't like, cause right. that was also when Gangsta was starting to really get big. And that was a record that was, it was, you know, it was in the vein of, of Tribe Called Quest where it's right. like, no, we're saying something. Right. We're yeah. saying something that everybody can dig on. It doesn't have to be right. white, black, Mexican, whatever. You could be in gangs. You don't have to be in gangs. Right. But, I, I, but, the, and then listen, cause we're gonna, we gotta start getting into this record cause you only have right. a little bit of time, but like, dude, it was, I was attracted to the two people the most, Wyclef, mm-hmm. because Wy, I remember when the carnival came out, oh, I man. fucking got the carnival, you know, bring your ass. I mean, the sketches are lame as fuck. I just listened right. to it last night. I was like, oh, God. It's so, it's so long. And I'm just like, why? Why we had to have so many sketches? So many sketches, dude. There's like yeah. 34 tracks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, but the thing that made me love the Fugees, and I'm curious if this is the same thing, was mm-hmm. Lauren. There was something special about Lauren Hill that that, yeah. that you just felt the second she sang Killing Me Softly or the right. Hope to Fuji Law, whatever it was. Like, what, what was that? Was that what you were attracted to, too? Yeah, it was like, you know, Lauren was a standout. She was the first face I saw. 
And it was just like, man, this is just, you know, uh, Wyclef, Wyclef, you know, grew on me and surprised me actually with the carnival. Yeah. Like the carnival was an album I could not stop playing. I was just like, yo, I didn't expect to really like this album this much from uh, Wyclef. And I loved it. I was like, I couldn't stop playing it. And so, you know, and Lauren's on that album as well. And it was just like, every, every time she shows up, she delivers. It every was time. like, they, they're, they're, you know, whether she's singing, rapping, whatever, everything she showed up on, she delivered. And I was just like, man, Lauren is just special. So, you know, when, when Wyclef drops his solo album, I was just like, oh man. So when you were hearing buzz about Lauren dropping her solo album, it was just like, man, I hope, you know, she lives up to what she's been presenting so far. You know yeah. what I mean? And so and she did that. Oh my God. So oh. just so just so everybody has an idea of what happened before this record, we got a little breakdown. I could go through, let's just talk about Lauren. Born right. in 75 in Newark, New Jersey, moved to South Orange, New Jersey as a child, came from a musically oriented family. Her mom played piano, her dad sang in, lo in local nightclubs and at weddings. Her Some of her biggest influences, which once I say these, you're like, this, that fucking record. Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, and Marvin Gaye. She got her start by singing national anthem before a middle school basketball game and eventually went on to amateur night uh, as a contestant on Showtime at the Apollo. Do you remember that? Did you like? No, I, I didn't see the, uh, the the Apollo thing until after. You know, I saw it after. She yeah. sang Smokey Robinson's "Who's Loving You." Yeah. In high school, she formed a group with classmate. Uh, I'm just gonna say Proz Michael because there's no way I can say his real name. Proz. Proz Michelle. No, it's Praka Praka. I don't even know if Adam wrote that right. Praka Rizel. Oh wow! I tried my best. Yeah. Uh, they, they called Translator Crew because they wanted to rhyme in different languages. Eventually, multi-instrumentalist named Wyclef uh, Jean came along and they performed in local showcases and at talent shows. Hill always had the singing chops, but started wanting to develop her rapping skills, studying Ice Cube to develop her flow. Uh, the Translator Crew renamed itself to the Fugees in 94. They released that album that Tony talked about that was straight butt cheeks, blunted on reality. And then their second record, which we've talked about for the last few minutes, the score catapulted them to stardom. It peaked at number one on the Billboard chart and stayed in the top 10 for six months. Fuck, dude. Mm -hmm. The success of tracks like Killing Me Softly, Ready or Not, uh, you know, you could say it's, it's, it was never prize. You could say it's Wyclef, it's his style, or you could say it's Lauren. I'm going to say, Lauren, despite the success of the album, the Fuji started to crumble in 97 and split to work on solo projects, which is where we are right now everybody well hey friends my name is zach lupiton you may know me from the band dust bowl revival but i also host a music discovery podcast called the show on the road for the last five seasons i've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the lumineers Andy defranco wolfpeck keb mo lake street dive bela fleck and more so guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again. 
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. You don't think, I don't think everybody realizes this. This is probably the best record made in my lifetime. In my opinion, I remembered when this was getting ready to come out. And like I said, I started to like the, I didn't like the hype of the Fugees, but yeah. they lived up to it. Right. They, the, the, the album, because I think I started smoking a lot more weed and, and I started hanging out with the right people that were playing it. And I was like, oh, right. no, no, no. This is really good. So yeah. the idea, and then then Wyclef's record came out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, dude, now I'm fucking in. <laughs> but I was but I was ready for that Lauren Hill thing. I was yeah. ready for it. And I don't know if you remember the first track that he released. It wasn't, it was the bonus track. It's uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. Right. That was before Doo-Wop. Doo-Wop was, yeah. I think, getting ready to come out. But I remember before everything, they did Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. And yeah. I was like, oh. It was on the Conspiracy Theory soundtrack. Was it really? Yeah, it played at the end of the movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. That was the first what? time I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, this is a Lauryn Hill track. It's fire. So, you know, <laughs> so when the album came out, I already was familiar with that song because, uh, because I heard it on that movie. Which... So, but it's the same thing. It's like, you don't know what it's going to, what the album's going to be. All right. I know is that I wanted more of whatever that was. Cause that's such an iconic song and right. to have her add like, you know, nineties hip hop feel into it. It, mm-hmm. it just, it's, it's still to this day. I will never turn it off if it's on. Yeah. It's, it's that fucking good. Yeah. So, so just so we can pick it up, just, and this is what I, I came to the more I've researched this record, especially this go around of what I fucking love about it mm-hmm. is that you have to understand that there is a, there's a beef between Wyclef and Lauren. Holy moly. It just keeps getting better. Let's pause this episode. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast of your own? I know I make this sound easy, but the truth is creating a successful show like the 500 takes more than just a killer idea. There's a ton of work involved behind the scenes, but luckily I've got my team at next chapter podcast behind me, making sure everything comes together. So if you've had that big idea for a podcast rattling around your head for a while now, but don't know where to start, why not make it a reality with the help of next chapter guest booking and interview recording? They got it. Post-production editing and sound design. They got it. Advertising and marketing support, they got it. Next Chapter Podcast has been producing the 500 since the drop. Because I know the owner, Jeremiah Tittle. He's, that's my home skillet. And they do a great job. I'm not going to lie. You know, I do love Jeremiah and I trust him. So if you guys want uh, to make some podcasts, yeah. Go to ncpodcast.com slash contact and send them a message ASAP to get the ball rolling. Uh, and now back to the podcast. You know, I'm assuming you know about this, right, Tony? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. So, about it. yeah, so following the split of the Fugees, Hill's former bandmate, uh, Wyclef, blamed the split of the group on Hill's pregnancy. So I guess from everything I know is Lauren Hill starts fucking around with Rohan, uh, Marley. Yeah, Marley. Rohan Marley, mm-hmm. uh, and she becomes pregnant. 
And through other circumstances, I think through the breakup, because her and Wyclef dated, um, and now they break up. The, this, this is kind of what has inspired Hill to make the solo record, which everybody is saying, don't do it. Don't have this kid. Yeah. Because that's going to ruin your life. It's going to mm-hmm. ruin your career. You're about to blow up. You're about to try to make a solo record. Right. And Wyclef, at the same time, I think she started to work with Wyclef and then was like, no, fuck this. Like, we're not on the same page. That caused even more beef. His tumultuous relationship with Hill and, and Jean marrying another woman while being in a relationship with Hill. Oh, shit. Okay. So he was mm-hmm. in another relationship, starts fucking around with Hill. Uh, shortly after Hill began working on the solo project, she turned down Wycliffe's offer to produce the record. Uh, and then he urged her to not start a solo career. Mm-hmm. According to her former bandmate Praz, this led to Hill's animosity towards uh, Jean after she fully support after she fully supported his solo career and featured on his album, mm-hmm. uh, The Carnival. So she puts out this record. Mm-hmm. And what I don't, before I even tell you what I thought, what, what were your first thoughts when you, you put this on? Where did you buy it? Like, give me okay. all of that. So I just got to New Mexico State when it came out. I bought it opening day, first day. Go armadillos. I don't know oh, if that's man. another logo. <laughs> Aggies. Um, so we pile up in my little Suzuki, uh, no, my, uh, the hell kind of Suzuki Swift. You know, we pile up in that little two door. We call make it that egg. anymore, dude. No, hell no, man. <laughs> we piled up, you know, we piled in there. We went to the mall and I went and bought that Lauren Hill album. So we listening to it in the car on the way back from Hastings. And, uh, you know, uh, and the Lost Ones is the first song that we hear. And it's just, you know, everybody in the car feeling it. We just like, okay, okay. And then it follows it over X Factor, and we just like, God damn. And then Zion, and it's just like, yo, back to back heat. So it was just like, man, she she already delivering on you know the expectations. You know, and here's, was, the, and here's the thing. I was gonna ask you this because because Lost Ones is straight hip hop, yeah. straight diss track, which we come to find out later about Wyclef, and I think probably Praz too. Uh-huh. It's it makes you almost feel like the record's gonna be all like that. Yeah. It just you don't know because you're you're this is it's it's a banger. Right. Up yep. top. A banger, mm-hmm. big middle finger to everybody. Like yep. y'all, you know, you just lost one. So you know. So yeah. so right. So so like I just getting your opinion. Did you think that or were you like I was just like, you know, what I expected from Hill, yeah, was that she was gonna rap and sing because okay. I saw what she was doing. Because from the very beginning, she was always singing. Like, even with vocab, the vocab remix, she's singing in it. But she's rapping, but she's also harmonizing a lot. And then, you know, on the Fuji's The Score, she's doing a lot of singing. Like, you know, she did a whole, you know, Roberta Flack cover. So it was just like, okay, this is what I expect. I expect her to be singing and rapping. She's the double threat. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, I was just looking forward to, an album full of that where it's just, you know, she's taking the lead. This is her, this is her moment. And so she was giving me just what I expected. And so I was just like, hell yeah, you know? And then X Factor was just like, X Factor is one of the best songs ever created. And I listened to X Factor every day from the day I purchased that album for a whole semester. I listened to that song every day. Mm -hmm. It's just, and it is still amazing. Still amazing. 
It's 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 funny that the first two songs. I'm gonna pull the track listing up. I know it by heart, but the first two songs, Lost Ones and X Factor, are fuck yous to Wyclef. Right. I mean. Have you read the lyrics? Like I've, I've been listening and reading the lyrics as we go because it's like I know them phonetically in my head, right? But to see them on paper, I mean, yeah. X Factor is it's a it's it is I gotta pull pull the lyrics up, but it's a fuck you, yeah. like I love you, and it's like, but man, like you are just I mean, she she says reciprocity. Oh man, that was the first time I heard that word. Yeah. I was like, oh, 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 my nose bled. I was just like, what word is this? Were you already using big words back then? Because that's something I love about you is like you are a wordsman. You're not, the George not reciprocity. <laughs> Definitely not reciprocity. I was just like, what, what, who? My nose bled. I had to pull out the, I had to pull out the, uh, the, the booklet on that. I ain't even, I didn't even Google. You know what I'm saying? I had to pull out an actual book and be like, what the hell did she just say? I mean, it's one thing I can say about this record because my, my, I think my story about how I got it, I was excited and I remember Can't Take My Eyes Off of You came out. Mm. Uh, and then, and then Doo-Wop and the video of yeah. her, like, just, she looks so cute. And like, yeah. and, and it was like, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know anything about the history of what's going on with her and Wyclef. I didn't right. even know. I didn't know either. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. I was just like, I just knew I was excited about this. And then right. the album came out, I think two or three days before I left for Europe, I was going to Europe for seven months. I didn't know I was going for seven months, but I knew that I was going for a while. Um, me and my buddy. And this record is the sad. When I listen to this record, it takes me back to Europe. I think of yeah. every this and beastie boys. Hello. Nasty are like, uh -huh. But the two records, I was just fucking pounding. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I fell in love with it. Because this is like, how could you not? I mean, right. it's got everything that you need on it. It's got it's got hip hop. It's got mm. reggae. It's got great guitar. It's got soul. It's her voice is perfect. It's just, you know, X Factor is just, the video was amazing. It was you know, the build of the song builds and then, you know, the climax of the song is just outstanding. The background vocals, the guitar, which I'm always like, they say Carlos Santana was on Zion. I know. I swear like up and down, that's him yeah. on X Factor. That yeah. has to be him. Yeah. It, I, hold on, let me find out who it is. That has to be Carlos Santana on that guitar on it's X Factor. Guitar track two, no. Guitar track 10, nope. Track four. It says track four. I know track four. It says track four. That sounds says, just not... like Carlos Santana. Though. It's the same sound. Yeah, it's the exact it's the same, same sound. Same, like oh. you know. All right, here it is. Johari Newton. He he got the Santana sound. <laughs> he down. got the Santana sound. Man, because it, it was just like you know, because I always th that always haunted me. I was just like, man, that that has to be Carlos under a pseudonym because. <laughs> You know the way he had that, the way he had that guitar singing at the end of that track, it was just like it was, it was incredible. Yeah, there's that little riff, that little like oh, man. <laughs> it reminded me of you know Carlos's song "Somewhere in Heaven," and you know his guitar solo at the end of that song is just absolutely amazing. 
it's, so. it's it's you're not wrong and and look up to find out who that dude is adam we got to see what he looks like just to make sure he's a real human it's being. gonna be a picture of carlos santana <laughs> <laughs> just like with his hair straightened yeah this is gonna be like this is the guy I'm like, all right i see you he going there's i i mean this like it's every track on this aside from one there's five mm-hmm. and one, which I'm not going to say what that is until we get to the ending. But I think this is like everything about this record. It's the sound, the um, the 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 sequencing to open with Lost Ones, then then bring it down to X Factor, right. then to build a star, but then this emotional song, uh, right. Design, which is about like you know having the kid, and she's literally right. like this is the thing she's not hiding any lyrics right. like what like X Factor kind of you could say it's it's about love or it's about her career and how somebody right. is, is is telling her you're not going to amount to anything you're, you you know you you're chasing this 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 uh this fame instead of making art and then right. and then zion is is about like i mean she lays it out like listen you know look at your career they said lauren mm-hmm. darlin you know baby use your head and she's like right. no i chose you this song it's like it's heavy it's right. heavy um yeah doo-wop What'd you think of doo-wop? What'd you think oh, of when doo-wop was- I loved was, it. Yeah. You, you know what I love about doo-wop is that she's speaking to both men and women in this track. You know, she's telling the fellas, hey, watch out. She's telling the ladies, hey, watch out. And so everybody's included. Everybody, nobody feels like, oh man, she taking a shot at this fellas. Or well, the ladies are not like, hey man, she turned her back on us. She's, she's pointing everything out and she's making great points and she's talking to men and women and i feel like that's just a brilliant space to be in and it's not it's not materialistic or it's not hypersexual it's just the perfect conversation about what to watch out for out here and it was just you know amazing and i'm just like man and the video was outstanding it was just outstanding like, you know, everything was just firing on all cylinders and i was just like man god damn lauren you were just <laughs> i mean what was the reaction amongst like because like i'm not gonna lie a lot of my friends were into like rock and and, and right. the hip-hop they like they were still caught up on wu-tang yeah. you know uh, these are the white kids from the right side of dc right um, but someone like me like i i have this memory uh, being at this huge rave that I used to go to weekly in Washington, D.C. It was called Buzz. It's one of the biggest parties in the country, biggest DJs in the world, all the mm-hmm. drugs you could possibly think of. Right. Uh, and being like really fucked up. But in my head, I could just not stop singing Nothing Even Matters, yeah. which is like one of the most beautiful love songs, you know, mm-hmm. of my lifetime. And it, and it feels honest. It's like, and having D'Angelo, which he's yeah. just... I mean, it's like, what was like the, the, the amongst your friends or amongst your mm-hmm. homies, like what was the reaction from this record? I'm assuming uh, incredible. Let me tell you something, man. When, when this album came out, everybody was playing it. You go yeah. to everybody's dorm room. This, this, this album was in rotation in everybody's dorm room. It, it was, it was that album. It was the one everybody was listening to. We go, we go to the women's, uh, you know, dorm room. We in there, we walk in you know, the album is playing. Nothing even matters is playing. Like, you know, and this is D'Angelo when this is this is prime D'Angelo. Like, you know, he's white he's sexy. hot. It was just he like man, sexy. This is, yeah, dude. <laughs> this is this is prime D'Angelo. This is before Untitled, but it was still like he's coming off of brown sugar and every every appearance that he does, he, he's just killing it. So it was just like Lauren and D'Angelo together. It was just the perfect 
match. Like, you know, mm -hmm. these are two artists. We wanted them to date. We wanted them to be together and be singing to each other for real, for real. Yeah. So it was just a perfect storm of that type of record. And we were all in. We were just like, man, this is amazing. I think one of the things that I really, you know, and I mean, love about this record, because it, it came out and I was obsessed, much like you and all your friends. Uh, and regardless of, of whatever other music I've gotten into throughout my life, mm -hmm. I've always had a moment in the year where I put this album back on. Yeah. Um, and, and especially, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's never made anything since. Right. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So, cause so, so this came out in 98, I, mm. I pumped it. And then when they were talking about her doing an unplug and I was so excited, dude, I was fucking jazzed and yeah. i remember i bought it immediately mm. and that day i had to go work at this crab house in baltimore called crabby dicks it yeah. was, it was <laughs> owned by these two gay dudes they eventually fired me because i stole some cream of crab soup um oh, still in soup because I, I was i was i i took it and then i was like the the cook the kitchen dude was like you're gonna pay for that i was like yeah i'm gonna pay for it dude i'm just on my break i'm gonna eat it and then i'll go ring it in when i clock back in yeah because i didn't uh, ring it in immediately he told right. john the owner oh, and, wow. were, and john and dale were just they were crazy and they fired me on the spot wow i man. needed that job too man man the soup the soup dude but they were soup nazis man look dude obviously it worked out for me because i'm doing a podcast about lauren hill years later so fuck right. them they're in rehoboth beach right now was the soup good adam it was incredible if you're asking me <laughs> Because if you, you know, if you would have stayed at that place, you would have never pursued stand up and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have led into anything. It'd Who knows? Like, you'd have went out, you'd have climbed the corporate ladder at the place and then you, you'd still be there now. <laughs> yes, I'd be in Rehoboth. Yeah. I don't want to be in Rehoboth. But I, I got, I got that, that, that unplugged and I went to the crab house to work. And I remember mm. we used to have to peel potatoes. Yeah. And I put it on and I was like, yo, dude, it's that new Lauren Hill. And I just remember the guy that was peeling potatoes with me was like, dude, this is depressing the fuck yeah. out of me, dude. It's, right. I mean, it's the sound of a woman having a breakdown. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, and I think what has really made this album that much more special and, and such, and, you know, where I really, I, I'm, cause this is, this is such a great record and to know that she's never done anything since. Right. Really, like it just makes this so much sweeter because she, dude, she did everything in this record, Tony. Right. She wrote every song. Yeah. Uh, when they and they they try to throw new producers on her or try to help her and she's like no 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 I got this she right. was written every song she produced the mm. entire record right and it's just I think it's like I think that makes it feel heavier or more yeah. important because of what she's done since which is nothing right it's like it's almost like you know um, it's it's like you know it feels like she passed away, you know, I don't, don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say, you know, anything ill like that, but it's like that that's the kind of mystique the album has is because she hasn't done another proper album since. So it's just like, 
You know, it's just like Biggie dropping life, life After Death or like, you know, these albums that were dropped by these artists that were gone too soon. It's just, it makes the album even heavier. And like, you know, it means, and it was very personal and every track felt like, nothing felt like filler here. And it was just like pure artistry. And it was just like, man, you know, and how do you top that? Like there's, there's almost no way to top something like this. So it's just like the pressure of, oh man, you gotta, you gotta come. Cause it was like, she was winning Grammys. She, she, she was breaking records on the Grammys and like, you know, she went gold first week. So it was just like, that yeah. too can play into it. Like, man, how do I even top this? Especially when it's an album that came from such a personal place. And then the unplugged felt like more of those feelings, but it didn't feel like a proper new album. No, it wasn't. It was, I mean, there's, look, there's, I think there's, it's a, it was a double disc. And I, I remember- so did I. I took it to the crab. I didn't sit with it though. I was like, all right. And then I was out of there. Quickly. I might have, I might have listened to it for, you know, I mean, a week. Yeah. And then, and then it's just, but it's just not, it's not this. And this is what I think everybody right. wanted. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King and Off Road Minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Dude, I mean, look at this. I'm just looking at the stats of this record. All right, mm-hmm. so just so everybody knows, the album is named after the Miseducation of the Negro, a book by Professor Carter G. Woodson, an American black history expert. The album, which is written and arranged all by Hill, was about the ed- education one receives after leaving school and the life uh, learning process. Uh, it sold over four th- uh, 420,000 albums in its first week, breaking the record for most first week sales by a female artist. The album received 11 Grammy nominations, making it the first hip hop record to receive that many. It mm-hmm. won five, making Hill the first female artist to win that many. Uh, two of those included album of the year and best new artists, which are like, you know, the two big ones that you can, you can win. Right especially album of the year. And I mean, Adam, look up what else was, uh, was nominated against it. Because if, I mean, if this wouldn't have won, I mean, that would have like, right. Like, what are you talking about? The Grammys got it right that year. No, they really did. They really did. Uh, I mean, I think this is kind of why now listening to it, it brings so much emotion to me because I texted you because we were getting ready to do this, that I was at the gym I was at the the New York Sports Club on 23rd Street, and you know, I mean, there's just all these like testosterone dudes around right. you, and and I'm listening to "Forgive Me, Father." Yeah, which because this is the thing, I could sit here and say, uh, you know, I gotta look at the track listing before I even talk about this. I could say, 
every because dude it's like i'm trying to pick out my favorite song i don't want you to tell me yours yet we're gonna ask that <laughs> okay the end. but it's like dude it's gone through so many layers where it's like yeah. at first it was can't take my eyes off of you then mm. it became uh nothing even matters then now right now it's like i'm like fuck everything is everything is like one yeah. of the best songs oh that I video is crazy it's crazy and then the miseducation of lauren hill which is just like like i was i there's sorry so i'm, I'm fucking running i'm super I have so much I want to talk about. So I text, I text Tony, everybody. I'm listening to Forgive Me Father. Mm-hmm. And that part where she's like talking about the backstabbers, she's like, like, like Cain and Abel, yeah. Caesar and Brutus, Jesus and Judas. Right. And I'm, I just started tearing up. Right. Because this is why I think I love this record and why it's even more important to me now mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. But one, it's the story of it. It's the fact that nobody was telling her to make this record. People said, don't have the kid. Right. You know, the Fugees, both of them, Praz and Wyclef, are both like, you know, you'll never, whatever, dude, you're not going to be anything without us. You know, we made you, whatever. Allegedly, um, that's what they said. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly. I, have, I have no, but, but judging by the, the song. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been, I, I, I just didn't want to throw prize in there. Maybe he wasn't. Man, fuck prize, dude. I'm still waiting prize. on a solo record. Where he is put, it? He put one out. Well, we're Get not talking superstar. about it. He had dude, a, I, yes, okay. He had okay. a song with ODB and Maya. Yeah, but if, if Maya doesn't fucking sing that hook, then, I mean, then that, that song ain't shit without Maya. Maya was sexy, dude. Maya was sexy. It was. Have you seen her lately? Pull her up, Adam. Pull up Maya. Go, go to her Maya. Instagram page. She looks she got incredible. A, she got OnlyFans? I'll sign up for that shit. She looks, she's like super, <laughs> she's super vegan. She looks amazing. Really? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I gotta go. Well, you you weren't vegan by the time you were still eating meat back then when this record came out. Oh hell yeah, man! <laughs> Meats McGee. You're, you're like the barbecue, like look, yeah, six of ribs. I was oh, meat McClintock when this came out. I was eating everything, man. I went to Jack in the Box after I bought this album. <laughs> got the worst food in the fucking world, man. Got a jumbo Jack. <laughs> but there's, I think what what really is as movie because dude, after I left the gym, I came here. And to my apartment, let me see her. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, she's gorgeous. I'm telling you, she she hasn't missed a beat. Time has been on her side for sure. She looks incredible. I always get worried that when people share their screen and you see the tabs up top, there's gonna be like you know, bukkake explosion. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, like Adam always like, uh, make sure you close that shit out, dude, before you yeah. show your screen. I ain't showing you mine, dude. This it's it is. It is bad. Um, so tabs right now I have a D'Angelo before, and I had an after one, but I lost that one. No, D'Angelo know. went through a bunch of moments where he was, he was, first record, he just looks like a normal dude. Mm-hmm. Second record, Drop Dead Gorgeous. I mean, that video propelled him to be right. this, I mean, he became a sex symbol. And then he got, yeah, that's, it's the D'Angelo. That's the good D'Angelo. But right. then it became Fat D'Angelo right. and Recluse D'Angelo. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, but you know, when he did drop that album, finally, it was a good one. Oh, it was great. Black yeah. Messiah. Yeah, that was yeah. a good album. I, I love D'Angelo. We did, we did. It's funny that we're, we're doing this. We've done the score. Uh, I did that with Andrew Santino on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did D'Angelo, um, that second record. I can't think of the title. Did, I did Voodoo with Michael Rappaport. 
Oh, wow. And, and what was funny was like, I remember we had like some real hip hop shit coming up and I was like, you want to yeah. do one of those? He goes, no, 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 no. I'll do D'Angelo yeah. because it's, it, there's, I, I one one thing is, is that I love, I love the sound of Neo soul. I think Neo mm -hmm. soul in the nineties when it started coming back and I love the hip hop that was all from that collective. I love yeah. common. I love most Dev. I think black star. I'm surprised oh, yeah. that black star isn't on this. Cause it's it damn sure need to be. It damn sure needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the funny thing about Chappelle getting, which is nothing funny about a comic getting attacked on stage, mm -hmm. but how everybody that was side stage, uh, like beat up the dude. Yeah. So I can imagine like the dude who got beat up talking to the cop and he's like, and there I was getting choked by Erica Badu's head wrap. <laughs> the soul Aquarian beat back. Yeah. I got, I got, most deaf is, is just kicking, is just curb yeah. stopping me. Talib Kweli <laughs> is working on my side. Oh man. man. I was like, oh shit, Black Star's back together. The collective, man. But they're making this great music. I think what like, I go home I, after crying at the gym, tearing up, and then mm -hmm. I put the record on by myself, and I just, I lost it. Like, the second half of that record, man, you know, when it hurt so bad, oh, I man. used to love him. Forgive me, Father. Every ghetto, every city needs to be cut from this record. If you cut every ghetto, every city, this is a perfect record. I skipped that song. I've tried. I've tried to listen to it. But every time I fucking listen to it, I'm just like, oh, God. It's like sitting on the corner stoop. Oh, my cousin's <laughs> taking a poop. I'm just like, all right, no. no. It, is, it is the weakest track on the album. But, it, but it's still solid. But, it, but if they lost it, you know, it wouldn't. You know, but, but, but for an album to be 16 tracks deep and to have one blemish. Exactly. You, you know, it's incredible it's it is incredible look dude i'm saying i just said i opened this whole thing by saying this is one of the most this is one of the best albums of my lifetime and i think yeah. two reasons why like I, what i'm trying to get to is why this album means so much it's knowing that we got this one thing from lauren mm -hmm. everybody like i said treated her ex and she was like no i'm gonna do why i'm gonna do my thing right uh, it's the most <clears throat> one of the most personal records mm -hmm. uh, without hiding it and and it's just like it's just so powerful because of what she never did anything after this. I also think one of the reasons I love this record so much is because, especially post losing Ange, is because a lot of this is like he. I loved him. He was one of my best friends. Some of the songs they don't have to be about lovers. They can be about your kids. They can be about this, and it just hits differently. Right. And I got to ask you this. It's like listening to it now, like mm -hmm. being gone through what you've gone through, what we right. both have gone through. Like, I mean, does it hit differently to the track? Those are tracks that stick out that didn't stick out before. Um, no, I can't say, I can't say that it has, um, you know, probably when it hurts so bad, it hits a little different now. Um, that's probably the main track that does hit me differently. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I've always had a real deep emotional connection with this album, uh, for a long time because, you know, you know, even with, um, cause, because like, you know, when this album came out, you know, I was just dating, you know, the mother of my children then, yeah. like we had just got together then. So it was just like, you know, the, the album always resonated with us. So, you know, I was always had that personal attachment to the album in my own personal life, love life, breakups, all that, you know, new children, everything, everything coincided with my life too. So it was just like, 
you know, I always felt that album on that level. So it's always been very personal and like a time capsule of, you know, what I was going through, what, you know, what I was living through and everything. So it's just, it's always been a companion piece to my life. That's why this album is in my holy trinity of, yeah, what are they? What are they? It's, it's Illmatic, it's Enter the Wu-Tang 36, and uh, the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. That's my, that's my holy trinity right there. That's what something. I'm getting on the spaceship with. Let me, let me tell you something. If Tom Segura doesn't say he's going to do Enter the 36, that would have been yours. Oh, I, I, yeah. I love you so much that I was like, you, you can look at the rest of the list and be like, pick whatever. If there's yeah. something that are out of the trinity, they're yours, dude. Yeah. They're yours. That's, that's my trinity right there, those three albums. So... You know, um, rank them though. Rank them right now. It's probably in that order. It's probably Illmatic and then 36 Miseducation. You know, trying to think about this is definitely in my top 10, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know where it falls. I don't think it's my favorite album all time. Right now, it is like right now, this mm-hmm. is like, I don't want to move on from this record. I want to keep listening to it. it yeah. There's, I don't, there's, I don't know many records that satisfy, like, how do I put this? Like there's, I know music so well and I feel music on such a deep level that if I listen to a song and there's like a bridge that doesn't go to this note that I want to hear listening to like the rest of it. And there's just like, I'm like, just, just do that. And if you did that, this would be a perfect song. Play the yeah. chorus one more time. Like, just do it. We need it. Right. Everything about this record satisfies me to where I don't think she could have done anything different besides right. cut every ghetto, every city. <laughs> it's so bad. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chunky monkey, Ben and Jerry's all them kids over there are scary <laughs> sitting in new Jerusalem. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I just, cause I, you know, what's funny. I didn't like, uh, what was the one with come on baby light my fire? I didn't like that for a while. And now like, I fucking love that song. Oh, that song is fire, man. Fire. Everything you drop is so tired. Yeah. See now. It's supposed to inspire. But it's because Tony, it's because. Man, that song is, man, come on, man. I know. Well, you, I, you know look, I'm telling you, you got to grow sometimes. And I grew <laughs> But that's that's the thing, I, dude. I'm telling you, it's like knowing what, knowing that this is all we've gotten from her, and probably we're all we're ever going to get from. Right. Her, it, it's like it, it's so sad because, well, is it sad? Is it sad that this is all we got? This great record, or or like what? No. Do you think? Even though it's not sad, but it's like it, it's frustrating because I feel like Lauren was on pace. To, she could have been the biggest music artist in the world. Yeah. Never to exist had she had, you know, kept going on this plane because she was able to transcend, you know, she was she was headed towards that Bob Marley type status where everybody's all in on this. It was like she was the perfect representation of, you know, uh, of blackness and, and, and womanhood and femininity and like, you know, emotion and and visual and like everything was just, it was the perfect storm of just like humanity in her with this music. And it was just like, man, you know, it was, it was crazy. And it was just like, yo, we, we've been needing this. We've been yeah, needing yeah. this. Cause she, you know, she's talking and all the lyrics, you know, it, it felt very personal, no cookie cutter, you know, the label head wanted me to write this song about this. And it was just like, 
those those lyrics were were she sat in those lyrics and like you know it, it was from the soul and it was just like man we feeling it and it was just you know and she still had that with the unplugged but it was just I'm the same. she didn't have the production behind it or whatever but you know she had the potential to just be and we need her now more than ever it's just like man come on like that that little sample she gave us on that Nas album King's Disease too. I gotta listen to that. Everybody's talking about like, it. Man, I, you, 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 come on back, Lauren. Just, just come on back real quick. <laughs> Give us something, you know, because it's like you know everybody's on the materialistic, they're on the hypersexual, or they're on just um, you know just talking shit, and it's just like there's no heft unless you go underground, like you know outside of Rhapsody, and you know underground art, but she's underground too. It's just like the mainstream female rappers right now, not not to you know, pinpoint, you know, the males are doing it too, but we have that balance of, you know, it's a lot of male rappers out here ain't talking about shit and they selling, they streaming like crazy, but at least we have Kendrick and J. Cole who yeah. have content with the sales to back it up. I want that from a woman as well when it comes to, you know, rap and like hip hop and like, you know, outside, I need that to carry over to the sales so we don't have to go underground to find Rhapsody or Saw Rock or, you know, these these other artists that are just relegated to the underground when they should be on every radio station pump just like everybody else. You know yeah, I mean? you know, it's funny that you say that because she held the the record for a female artist. Uh, and, and Adam, double check my math or somebody's gonna get mad, but I remember reading it, that it, it hadn't been broken until Cardi B. Right. And yeah, I mean, Cardi B won't be remembered. That record won't be, Bobak Yellow is not gonna be remembered 10 years from now. We're not gonna be talking about Bobak Yellow the way that, that critics, I mean, dude, this is like a critical darling. Even oh, yeah. Richard Gusto or the, what's his name, Adam? The dude that we always talk about, Robert Cristal. Robert Cristal. He's like, he's, he, he said it was brilliant. This guy yeah. hates on everything. He's terrible. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but this is like, there, there's something like I, we, we talk about the word perfect and, and mm. even, even, you know, this is just my opinion. I, like I said, even the, the, with that one track on it, it's so good. It's so perfect. It's so like, Cardi B's not, maybe, maybe they're like these artists now, they're kind of telling women, you know, you got to be sexy and get your money and get your shit right. right. Lauren was saying it like, believe in yourself, like love yourself. They're, they're saying the same things, but it's laid out like poetry, yeah. you know? And here, here's the difference. Like if you listen to rap lyrics now, they're talking about get your money, we're buying this. It's materialistic. You know, yeah, at the core of it, you got, hey man, you're telling people to get theirs and stuff like that. But the visual and the presentation is all materialistic. Lauren Hill was touching souls from from any level that you were sitting at, whether you broke in college, whether you you dropped out of school. The presentation was, you know, artistic and, and visual. Like when she's singing X Factor, it's just like she can be any woman on the street. You know, when she's when she's coming at you with doo-wop. She's giving you an old timey visual aesthetic of like the doo-wop singers of back in the day. So it's just like, yo, you can relate to the nostalgia of it while she's talking to you in the now. Like, you know, she's not counting money. She's not holding the money stack up to her head. She's not at the strip club making it rain. It's just like, she's hitting you on a level where you're just on a train going to a job you hate. You're walking to class. 
whatever you're doing, it connected to you personally. And I'm like, we need that on the mainstream out yeah. there level. We yeah. shouldn't have to dig in the crates or like, you know, I never even heard of this artist right here because they're not being pushed forward like a Cardi B. And like, you know, no disrespect to Cardi B because I actually like Cardi B as a person and as a human being, like she's herself. But I just feel like there's an imbalance of what we're pushing out there um, to the masses. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. And so, do you listen? Do you listen to new? I mean, I mean, you mentioned some of the bigger artists, but like, who would you think is taking the torch of of Lauren Hill? Do you even know, or do you listen to enough to know? I feel like in the vein of Lauren Hill is Kendrick, is J Cole, is is Rhapsody. You know, yeah. like Rhapsody is, is she's still underground. She's like one of my favorite rappers, out male or female, right now. And the the the, the albums that she's put out and the music that she creates and puts out there is just like is criminally just overlooked and it's just like man come on like you know it's like good good bodies of work not just like a song that's hot on TikTok or a song is just hot yeah she's making good bodies of work in the vein of like lauren hill so it's just like a thought out project with a with a theme and like content all throughout it's just like that's the kind of shit that resonates on the lauren hill level yeah and that's what we're missing on a on a mainstream level we need that yeah, you know, it's I don't think there is anybody that is doing what she does because you know, she has one of the best voices. I could I can it's like there's moments where she hits these little runs and everything is everything that I just right. get choked up because it's so beautiful. Yeah. But not only is she singing incredibly. Right. Her lyrics as an as a as a as as an as a rapper are mm -hmm. Like holy she shit! She is bored up, like, man. Like you know, this rapper slash actress more powerful than two Cleopatras. Like, she I, is bored up. She, it's 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 equally. I can't even say that the rapping doesn't hold a, cl a claim to or fire to the way she's singing. Right. Both of them are yeah. like are just yeah. right here. Yeah. I don't think anybody's doing what she did. And I know what you're saying about Kendrick and about the message and, and being able to still stay in the old and make, make the old new and make it great. And, right. have a, but it's like, but I don't think there is anybody. That's why I think this record moved from what, what number is it now, Adam on the, on what we're doing. So it moved up all the way to number. Well, no, what was the original? What was the one that we're doing right now? Uh, today it is three fourteen. And on the 2020 list, which which they they did which after is the, the more accurate list, but keep going. It's it's yeah. it's 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 more accurate, man. That old list was mad white, and you know it. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. But they they I think look, dude, for Sergeant Pepper to go from number one to number 25 is accurate. Every Drake album needs to be on. Oh no, absolutely not. Then it's not accurate. Wait, they had every Drake album on there? Every Drake no, they did not. Yes, if not all of them, but five of them. No, there's no dude, way. Dude, There's no way there's five Drake albums on Check this the, Adam, this is what Adam's here. Adam, cue it up, man. There's no way. But, because, dude, you're, both of your two favorite records went from, I think, Nozomatic went from, like, whatever the fuck number it was to, like, number 40. 
Yeah. And which is, I'm not saying it shouldn't be. Right. But, but this, there's an argument, there's an argument that it, that it should or it shouldn't. With this record moving all the way to number 10. Okay. I'm, I am so I like okay it. with that. It's like not, it. it's not even funny. I, I think, I think this record uh, will be remembered and talked about. And that's the thing is that I hope that, you know, and seeing that list and seeing her move up to number 10, then I'm kind of yeah. like, okay, maybe, maybe this will be in the, in the, you know, and when you're talking about the history of music, this right. is an important record, not just for me, not just for you and mm -hmm. other people that fuck with it. Um, but it deserves all the, it's, it's like, dude, you can't say it didn't deserve to win anything. It, won. Oh, it deserved yeah. everything. It is, it's an amazing masterpiece from the album cover to the videos, to the lyrics, to the production. It is just an incredible piece of work. Incredible. And, all right. and it, it still holds up. So, all right. So I know we got to get you out of here. So I got, before we do our rapid fire questions, we got to do a Patreon question. Roger Downs uh, wants to know, do you think Lauren and this album's legacy would, would be even bigger if not for her erratic behavior? I feel like her erratic behavior doesn't hurt the album. Like yeah. I said, like I was saying earlier, it's like she she put out she put out a perfect masterpiece and disappeared. You know, so the Lauren that we have now, even though this is the same woman, is it's just it, it just feels like there's a disconnect there. So it's just like, man. So it doesn't I feel like it doesn't affect the legacy of you know, the miseducation yeah, of Lauren Hill, you know, so I wouldn't go that far as to say that it doesn't ruin anything. I think it's sad. I think it's, I look, I, I, I think the album, the album speaks for itself. 100%. Right. Uh, two Drake albums, Josh. Okay. Two. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm the, cause I was, I mean, ain't no way to have five Drake albums on there. Okay. <laughs> My bad, dude. <laughs> I'm talking, out, I'm talking on, out of my ass ninety percent of the time, dude. I'm, I'm but just, you know, I'm, you know, they had ninety Beatles albums on every list Rolling Stone ever done. We don't get, dude. I say this to everybody, like the artists, like Elvis Presley and 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 fucking and even we throw Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, and the Beatles. Unless you lived during those eras, you don't get. You're like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, you yeah. get Michael Jackson. But unless you were remember, did we we own the making of Thriller? Yeah. Everybody owned that. That was as big as the actual fucking music video. The behind yeah. the seat. He was that big. The beat we'll never understand, Tony, how big Elvis Presley was or how big the Beatles were. Cause we I'm not mad. I'm not mad at like, well, I don't I don't know what particular Elvis Presley album was the one that stood out, but I'm not mad at the Beatles because the Beatles to me should be on on these lists because yeah. you know their music is just what they were able to do in a short time window as a group yeah it's just second to none but it's just like all right man but tracks can be skipped you know some of the some of the stuff just don't you know they weren't that strong vocally so it was just like all right they're, they're some of the best to ever do it but they're not the best to ever do it i think it's one of the things that makes me love this album even more and it's sad because this album and the success of this record is what made her have that erratic behavior yeah whether it's the pressure of having to make another one right. or it's just all those people like saying you're great yeah. and, and you know i don't know her childhood i don't know what she's been through but you know i know this record and i know she feels differently than you and me right. and she and she knows how to you know uh, you know it's i couldn't imagine going having everybody like 
saying like like Radiohead put out OK Computer and there's a there's a concert video about how they handled people saying they made one of the best records of all time. And it's mm -hmm. like they sh you pull away from that. And right. some people just, you know, just can't handle it. And I That's think a lot. Imagine the onslaught of you breaking off from a group that was incredibly successful. And then you go solo and have this huge impact and run and Grammys and you breaking records. And it's just like, so you got all these people tugging at you. It's just an onslaught of attention and people just wanting something. All the while, she's still also becoming a mom of multiple children. So you got motherhood, breakup, pressure, success, attention. So that's just like, we're not meant to handle all that as human no. beings. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, you know, musicians are incredibly, artists in general are incredibly sensitive. That's what makes us, you know, artists, you know, yeah. until we just become, so, you know, that's a, that's a lot to contend with, especially when you weren't in the game, like, you know, even Michael Jackson crumbled, but he was in, he was groomed since he was a baby to withstand some of the pressures of, you know, superstardom and, and showbiz. And even that fucked him up. But it was just like he was able to hang in there and still, you know, put out new music. But yeah. you, got, you got to be a special breed to handle to yeah. weather that kind of storm. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, Lauren, I hate to say Lauren won in the in the Fuji's putting out solos or what, you know, yes, Wyclef still is around and probably still puts right. on shows, but no one gives a fuck about, like, we love the carnival, but the carnival isn't something that is going to be talked about years from now. Prize, Ghetto Superstar, was, was if it's not for that Maya hook, it ain't shit. But the, carnival, the carnival is incredible. Wow. I love the carnival. And I, I, I feel it. like, if you compare it to the miseducation, fine, but like, on its own merit, the, the carnival is a is an amazing piece of work. I agree. I do. Yeah. I love that record. And he's a he's a talented musician. Like Very he's multi talented. talented as well. Gone to November, great song. I can yeah. name what, Armageddon. There's like even the a licky 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 here, like a show they got back. Said I'm asking yeah. for a dance. Hold on, there's too many in the wolf back. I, yeah, I know that whole album. All right, Clef. Clef. What happened to Prize though? You know, besides Ghetto Prize alone, man. Do you besides know what I'm Ghetto Superstar, name a Prize song. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like the album when his album dropped. I was excited because it was Prize and the Fugees were two and zero oh on the solo tip. I bought Prize opening day, and I was like, God damn it, this sucks. And you know, I've been pissed ever since. But you know. I respect his contributions to the score and to, you know, the, the, the features and stuff like that. So I don't want to, but you know, I mean, yeah. we are, it's obvious. It's obvious. Um, all right. I ask every guest uh, these questions. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear your answers. I'm going to answer them along with you. Okay. Um, and thank you for doing this, man. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like I chased you down. You are a hard man <laughs> to get in touch with, dude. I'm not going to lie. All right. Favorite song on the record. Favorite song on the record. X Factor. X Factor. Mm. Right now, it's Tell Him. Okay. I, I, God damn, dude. I could, I could tell you, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, Tell Him, Everything is Everything I Can't Stop Listening To, and yeah. Forgive Me, Father. Forgive Them, Father oh, is, I slept on that fucking song. Those little bridges that bounce, bounce, yeah. and gain and able. Oh, that got me. You had a gym. At yeah. a gym. All right. Crying. Yeah. Crying. <laughs> I cry a lot. I cry a lot. All I right. know this shit. Me too. 
but you have more grace. I don't have, I, I'm a, I'll be crying. I was crying <laughs> in the gym today, man. But I like crying in the gym because I can hide it in the sweat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And I'm curious to hear yours. Okay. I'm not even going to call it Lee's favorite song on the record, but what song would you, do you skip over? I'm going to go with the same one you did, uh, Every Ghetto, Every City, because yes. I, don't, I don't like the way it sounds when they first start that. I'll be like, skip. Hunky chunky doodly doo, coming on my grandma's shoe. I respect the song, and it's a good song, but that's that's the weakest link in the in the, in the, in the mix-up. Easy. There, there is, there, there, I, I don't skip over anything. Even yeah. the interludes. Like you, you skip over the white I love the interludes with the kids and the love. teacher, and I love the instrumentation on one of them in particular i love that uh instrumental that they're playing in the background i'm like man i want to hear a song to this that wasn't even in a in a classroom that was uh just in lauren hill's house in new jersey and oh. the guy, i forget it was like some some like philosopher or like somebody like a sociologist or something was just talking to these kids about love and that's how you do interludes. Even better. Even better. Even better. All right. Now I'm curious to hear this because I feel like you might have already done it to this record. Mm. What song or what songs on this record have you fucked to? Shoot. Um, would you? Shoot. One of the one of the Baker boys might have been conceived to this album. Um <laughs> I definitely smashed where this album was playing, but I'm not sure which song was on. Um because some of these songs will have you feeling bad for smashing to, but the one the one that's, that's most smashable to is probably nothing even matters. Cause that's that's like the the oh, sexiest yeah. song on the album, I would say, because it's a lot of pain in the other tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't it's, be smashing the X Factor and it hurts yeah, so bad. And like, you, you know, can. It you sounds getting, like it. You could be getting it in the final hour and like, you know, uh <laughs> when it hurts so bad you can you can say yeah. it. you can smash that i used to love him you can smash to that even you can you know, smash to do what that thing i think you can smash to almost everything on this record you might just even start it with like lost ones and then just fucking go dude it's so silly how can <laughs> I can, you know definitely smash know. smash worthy tracks on here but um but you have to pick yeah. one now. You have to pick one now. Yeah, I'm going to pick, one. I'm gonna pick the one with D'Angelo, man. We smash okay, cool. into nothing even matters. 100%. I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. Uh, matters, but I, I even, I'd even smash to tell him because that's just, you know, I'd be like, tell me. But it'd be hard to smash to uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I mean, that's... That's like, that's the song that just... Deep in my heart. It's just so, you know... That's an emotional track right there. I, I think that's, I think that out of everything that's on this record, it's like, it's probably the most personal. I mean, that's literally her bearing her soul. Yes. And it, and it, it's, I mean, this, this record, man, it's like, uh, it's, it's a it's long made, album and it's perfect. I don't want it. To, I, I want more. I want more. This, this is 16 tracks, 69 minutes and 20 seconds. If you yeah. take off the weak link, we got 15 tracks of pure unskippability. I wonder if there's people that are like, oh my God, man, how can you guys hate every ghetto, every city? I don't, I don't hate it. I don't I do. hate it. I do. It's just, you know, it's just that that track, though. 
Uh, dude, I, I love you, man. I know we got to get you out of here. So promote away anything you want to promote. Uh, check out my podcast, Daddy Issues. Uh, my co-hosts are Keon Poli, DC Urban, Chaz Rogers, and Craig Wayans. We drop new episodes every Thursday. Uh, so tune into those. Uh, check out my solo podcast, Verbal Cardio. Uh, I drop new episodes every Wednesday on all platforms. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube, Tony Baker Comedy. Um, check out my comedy tour dates. I'm not sure when you're dropping this episode. It comes out Wednesday. Oh, okay. So you can catch me in Richmond, Virginia, June 16th through the 18th. And I'll be in Baltimore, in your neck of the woods, kind of sort nice. of, uh, July 7th through the 9th. Uh, but also I'll be uh, in several different cities. I'm doing a one-nighter in Boston, so if you're in that area, just check out my tour schedule. And uh, sure, I think that's it, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Dude, I, I've said it a million times. You're one of my favorite comics. I mean that. You're one of the few comics that brings tears to my eyes almost every time I watch you. But you be crying I, a lot, so it don't have I to do. Say. I do, but it's <laughs> not watching comedy. I'm not going to lie. It takes a lot. But also, I look up to you, man. It's like I said, you, you've handled everything, your whole career with grace and everything you've been through. And, and, and I, I can't, you know, you are a positive uh, image for people to look at and how to do this job and do it proper and say what you want to say and how to present yourself. And so I mean that, man, you're, you're, fucking, you, man. One of the, you're one of the good ones in this business. Thank you, bro, man. Love you, man. You I love know, you I'm too. always the jam. <laughs> well, do the goddamn comedy jam June 12th. Are you going to be in town at the comedy store? I'm putting you on the spot. because June I'm not 12th, gonna... I've been trying to sit my ass down <laughs> because I'm, I'm overwhelmed with stuff. Yeah. Uh, emotionally as well as occupationally. So I've been trying, I've been trying to say no to everything. Okay, good. As much I, as I'll, I can anyway, but I'll, I'll do it later on down the line for sure. I'll take that. For All sure. Right. Dude, you rule. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Tony Baker. Follow him on Twitter at Tony Baker comedy on Instagram at Tony Baker. Trust me, follow him. Uh, Patreon.com slash Tony Baker comedy support all things Tony and his website, TonyBakerComedy.com. And check his new special that he also produced called Tony Baker and Friends. Uh, we just listened to Lauren Hill from 1998. What do we got? Rhapsody from Snow Hill, North Carolina. Uh, the two-time Grammy nominee said Lauren Hill spoke to her. So this, she's a banger. This is her brand new single, Dust to Diamonds. But uh, you go to the website, 500podcast.com to find out more. And, uh, yeah, we want your music. Guys, next week, Nirvana. It's Nirvana week. Nirvana na 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 na. We're doing the Unplugged from 94. Dig into it. Bye. all the pressure and the pain, I turned us to diamonds. Turn a quarter to a quarter milli, went from dark days into black. I ain't Lauren Hill, but still the path I took was hella hilly. A queen within her palace, every stone you threw, look what it built me. This for every baller that you caught, I hope you look the Billy. Jean King, my glove swing, I made them see stars and thrillers. Layla Ali ran the track like Flojo, nailed me to the crosses. X Games, Kelly Clarks. Down, made him do it. Arena screams, Serena, this like Jesus music. Never seen nobody body like she body with that body. Jesus Christ, counting all the crosses. Diana Taurasi, hella nice. Veins filled with hella ice. So why I need the jury? I put a spin on everything, yeah. I'm Christy Yamaguchi. I turn dust into diamonds and turn diamonds just like Dot. I'm Richard's son, but not enough. They still try to sock her price and never foot the bill. Though we defeated that twice, times twice Four on Abbey Road, it's what it feel like Soccer I, I keep on turning dust to diamonds
eyes I'll make sure that this rust keeps shining No matter the price I pay And I, I'll get back up and keep on fighting I'll be the one to ride the lightning Through all the pressure and the pain I turned us to diamonds Give me my brand and put the ham on, ham on This ain't the spur of a moment I get my ham on, M.I.A., my jam on A heat check like Allison Felix Give me respect, screaming we next Osaka, Naomi, the pressure was on me Made diamonds out of rock checks A boss flex, Cunningham My Cunningham, I waited Remember all the roads that they gated I skated, you should join it just like Jackie do Whatever occurs, see it through and up the checks Ask for equal pay and they Douglas Douglas, Gabby, Simone Only ones that we respect On floors, their routines are not like yours We ride waves, they do oars Sticks and stones don't break bones Diamonds coming out my paw We ain't poor, we complex like diamonds We got next, these bodies ain't just objects Our objects can't judge me I hold court like super So whoever needed the jewelry Made diamonds out of two words Don't die, man, just get yours Careful of those stones you're throwing That's what keeps me going, going Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe to Grind podcast. (laughs) 
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts.